You're listening to Indiana SRN, God's Word 24-7, and sports. This is Behind the Stripes. Thank you for joining us as we take an honest look at the men and women we call officials, the professionals who make it possible for us to enjoy the games we love. They are the authority on the field, on the courts, on the diamonds, and on the ice. Behind the Stripes is here to support our officials, athletic directors, coaches, players, and fans by bringing attention to good sportsmanship, strong leadership, selfless teamwork, and respect for others on and off the playing field. Now, let's join our host, Keith Myers, and his guest guest for today's show. It is week 20 behind the stripes. Keith Myers, Brenda Hilton. Thank you very much for joining us as we wrap things up for, uh, for a little bit as we will uh, take a little vacation break. Uh, we'll be back in a few weeks, but uh, if you want to get a hold of us, you can contact Brenda at Brenda at officially my email address is coach at Indiana SRN. You can follow us on Twitter at Indiana SRN. Man, I cannot believe it's already week 20, Brenda. It seems crazy. It's gone really, really fast. I think we've had a really good lineup of um, constituents, the officiating constituents on the show, and very, very happy to have J.D. Collins with the NCAA and a personal friend. It's taught me a lot about officiating over the years um, on week 20. So JD, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Brenda and Keith. It's outstanding to be with you. I can't wait to get into the, the, the meat of this issue. So well, I'm ready. Let me go with the first question, which is the obvious question. Why in the world do you pick a profession that you get yelled at? Aren't you, don't you get yelled at enough at home? You, you know, I don't get yelled at uh, at home. So I, I'm going to, I'm going to, bypass that little sidestep, but <laughs> I will tell you that um, I didn't know it when I started officiating, but I really do enjoy, uh, not necessarily getting yelled at, but I enjoy the conflict management. And uh, yeah, I started, uh, played high school ball. And like many people, uh, you play ball, you want to stay involved. And I went to, went to college and ran track and uh, all of a sudden the, they had an officiating class and I thought, yeah, I'll take that. Why not? Maybe, maybe I, maybe I'd enjoy that. And I started, started refereeing intramural basketball at the college level to, you know, they pay you two or three bucks a game. You get, you get money for pizza and it's all good. And then when I got out of college, uh, I, I met up with a, a more veteran official that was looking for a partner. And, uh, to this day, we're dear, dear friends. And, and I started officiating high school, did that for really three, I, three years, maybe four, and then went to small college, uh, completely small college, and then a couple of years later, I'm I'm out on the Division One floor working working Division One basketball, and you know can't believe that I get the opportunities to do that. So I think I think it uh, worked out pretty well for me. JD, when you talk about um, you know going back when you first started in officiating, was there a shortage then that that, that you knew of? I, I think there was there was. Um, at the at the lowest levels, there was a need for more officials. And you know, when when you first get started, it, it's a, a rite of passage to work. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, men's league basketball to work seventh and eighth grade boys and girls. You you got both. Um, it's a rite of passage to do that. But more importantly, now that I'm in the chair I'm in, 
when I have young officials or even people interested in officiating, seeing the number of plays you see at those that small small level, uh, whether it's AAU ball or men's rec league, whatever it is, you see plays, you bank those plays, and when you screw up on them the first time, you don't screw up on them the second time. And part of the maturing process is just just having enough plays banked in your head so that you know what to do because it's a it's a pretty steep learning curve um and you know that happens whether it's a a new official starting out or whether it's the first time a guy works a sweet 16 game uh there's a big difference between walking on the floor with you know 20,000 people and walking on the floor with 50,000 so there's a learning process in every step that we do uh and I would tell you including the position I'm in now um you know, I learn I learn something every day, especially in this COVID environment. And um, I think we all we all have an earnest desire to get better at our craft. You know, JD, I've refereed for many years as well, and I I agree with you. In a high school rank, you might see five or six hundred people the first time I stepped on the floor doing a college basketball game. You know, there's sixteen thousand people yelling and screaming at you, and it's just a different and the mindset. What, what do you tell young officials uh, about crowds and how to, just to of, of maybe not pay attention to them, but how, how do you get their mindset around it? I, I had a real good mentor to tell me, just tonight like you're in the gym and it's just you, just call your game. Is is that the um, maybe the advice you give young officials? Well, I, I would tell young officials and I in. Again, I use this at all levels. I, I spoke to a group in uh, uh, FIBA group in Europe a couple of weeks ago, and you know these are these are professional level officials, but they asked me to to join them to talk about coach official relationship and get you know how do you how do you do that well? How do you communicate with coaches? And whether it's that level or a seventh and eighth grade person uh, doing officiating, I think you have to get comfortable in the environment you're in, and part of that is everything is going to be new to you. So it's, it's a little bit starry eyed and you can train, you can literally train your eyes to open up your vision. You can train your eyes to focus down. I tell them to look at the, look at the scores table, look at the coach, look at the assistant coaches, look at, look at everything over there on that sideline when you're at center opposite and get comfortable with it. Um, Getting comfortable with the environment is, is a significant piece to having success. That said, another thing that I tell officials to do is when they're at timeouts to look at the upper left-hand corner of the gymnasium and read the banner and look at the upper right, look at the end zones, you know, look deep high into the end zones and read whatever's up on the advertisements. And what that does is open your vision up to see more, to see more and not be so tunnel visioned. But all of those little tricks are all about literally just becoming comfortable in, <coughs> excuse me, <laughs> in the environment that you're in. JD, uh, fascinating stuff there, JD. The, um, go back a little bit and talk about, you know, you talked about how you how you got started in officiating. How did you get to where you are today? And you can give me all the credit in the world if you need to. Oh my goodness. <laughs> here we go. That was not in the script, JD. You can avoid yeah, I, line I seven. Yeah, I okay. hear you. You know, I, you know, it, when I hear that kind of question, Brenda, I kind of pause because uh, realistically, I'm just a guy who refereed and I happen to referee at a certain level. And I, I personally take value in the person who, who officiates 
um, intramural ball or officiates men's league ball or officiates junior varsity basketball. Each of us have our, uh, you know, have a capacity to officiate. And so when you say the, the place where you are today, well, the place I am today is really the same place I was 20 years ago. Now I'm just in an administrative role. Uh, I have, you know, I worked uh, 20 years of division one ball. I uh, was fortunate to be involved in a couple final fours, 10 NCAA tournaments. I worked FIBA ball, uh, which is uh, international basketball for seven years, got to travel the world doing that all because of a little leather basketball. And I feel very fortunate. Um, you know, it, it, it sounds odd that a guy that, that blew his knee out at 47 years old, uh, you know, some would say at the top of my game and it just stopped. But <clears throat> I think, I think God has a plan for all of us. And the reality is I moved into an administrative role with the Mac and summit, helped the big 10 for five years. And then the national coordinator position came open and uh, I was selected for that role. And I'm now starting my sixth year as a national coordinator. Um, I feel as if we've made progress and yet I know that we still have more progress to make. So the challenge is still in front of me and, and uh, trust me, I get up every day, the phone's ringing, the, Texts are going and, and uh, it, it energizes me for each and every day to try to help officiating in some way, no matter what the level. J.D., the question I have for you, which is an obvious question, Brendan, and I talk about this a lot with all of our guests, is the crowd, the, the fan, the, the obnoxious fan, the fan that doesn't know the rule, the fan that thinks they're the greatest. How do you handle hostile fans um, in your area. And of course, when you're talking to young officials, how do you tell them to handle those fans? Cause those fans actually sometimes ruin the game for everybody. Yeah. And you know, that's obviously um, as part of officially human, that's the, that's the whole deal. How do we, how do we a, educate fans to be, and I can say nicer, but to be really more balanced um, and it doesn't matter what the level is. It's, it's, um, I would say our, our country's, um, environment right now and our, our, the way fans react to officiating is probably at an all time low. And that's disappointing. I think one of the things that I talk to officials at all levels about is I think our job in officiating is to absorb chaos, create calm and provide hope. Um, you know, you see a coach on the sideline losing his mind. Well, if he's going to lose his mind, then the fans are going to follow him. I think it's all about leadership and a coach that maintains a certain level of poise. The fan base there typically mirrors that. And so I think it's a leadership issue. I think it's a, a leadership issue to get the coaches to understand that uh, just like with their players, if they tell their players one thing and yet do another their players aren't going to buy their act anymore. And the same thing's true with fans. And, and I think it's, you know, absorbing the chaos is just taking it. You just, you just absorb that. You create calm by not reacting. And I teach um, almost every time I get a chance to speak to officials, I talk about officials having, having the ability to respond to coaches, respond to players, even responding by not responding to the fan base as opposed to reacting. You know, we all know when we're in our family environment and we lose our mind and we say things we shouldn't, that's all reaction. And if we just stop and pause and, you know, in my situation, my wife and I've been married 36 years, um, you know, we know each other, we know each other's thoughts. We know 
we know what's going to come out next. And so reactions do not help the family cause. And I think the same thing is true with officiating. We should learn to respond uh, to behaviors, not react to them. Um, in, a, in a setting where there's 5,000 people in the arena, you really don't hear a specific thing. So it's easy to block that out. It's harder, I believe, for uh, high school level ball, JV ball, um, summer league play for, for younger kids because you hear everything those parents and fans say. And it's, it's brutal. It is really brutal. And no matter how much ego a referee has, which you have to have some, there's a point where if you hear you're horrible, you're horrible, you're horrible enough, you kind of get in your car and go, am I horrible? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You kind of lose, you kind of lose track of what reality is. And so I think if we, if we approach it from, okay, I'm just going to absorb, I'm going to be the calmest guy in the room and I'm going to provide hope. And for fans and coaches and everybody involved in the game, the hope is that during the last two minutes that you're going to give them a fair and equitable chance to win this game. And, That's all they want to know. And, and so with if you that, can, I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, well, with if you that. can build that, if you can build that trust within 38 minutes of a basketball game, you can make it through that last two minutes, do your job, do it well. And you, you finish the game. And with that, we'll take a timeout. We'll go to halftime. It is behind the stripes on Indiana SRN. It's halftime at the Behind the Stripes podcast, powered by Indiana SRN, underwritten by the IHSAA and the Indiana Officials Association. If you would like to be a part of our sponsorship, please contact us at info at indianasrn.org. We want to hear from you. Contact Keith Myers at coach at indianasrn.org or Brenda at brenda at officiallyhuman.com. Now let's join Keith for the second half of Behind the Stripes, powered by Indiana SRN. Becoming a licensed sports official is a great way to make a positive difference in the community and support the over 160,000 Indiana student-athletes that participate across 21 IHSAA sports. Sports officiating allows you to stay connected to the game, become a role model for our young student-athletes, earn extra money, and support the patrons and communities of our IHSAA member schools. To learn more about becoming a licensed IHSAA official, log on to IHSAA.org slash officials today. Do you want to hear your favorite team on IndianaSRN.org? It's easy to do. Calling all the play-by-play -play and colored commentary. High school sports along with youth sport, Mr. Wizard is waiting for your call. Contact him at 317-443-0052. We're ready for every touchdown, basket, and goal. Contact Mr. Wizard, 317-443-0052. You're listening to Indiana SRN, God's Word 24-7, and sports. It is Behind the Stripes with Keith Myers and Brenda Hilton. Thank you very much for joining us. J.D. Collins is joining us. It is week 20. Brenda, I don't know if you know this, but we are on uh, before the high school football game of Indiana SRN, and the numbers have just increased over and over again. I got a nice little email from a, uh, a small um, town in Indianapolis, Medora, Indiana, who doesn't listen to uh, – they don't have football in their town, but they listen to Indiana SRN on Friday night and really appreciate what we've done the last 20 weeks 
And so we just wanted to pass that along with you. If you have any questions or comments for us, you can contact Brenda at Brenda at OfficiallyHuman.com or myself, Coach at IndianaSRN.org. How about that? You got you got people from Dora like, liking you. Well, I think they like you, but that's great. Oh. That's, that's great that um, <laughs> we're, we're starting to get more and more listens. That's, that's amazing. I, I think people are starting to um, – listen in a little bit more. They know we're on a mission to humanize these officials and talk about how the shortage and how, how's everybody coming together over, over 20 weeks, bringing so many people together has been great. Uh, just sharing their stories from the, the small park districts to the, the grand park to JD to youth coaches. It's, it's been a lot of fun and looking forward to getting back into it in a few weeks. I'm sorry, a few weeks. Yep. Looking forward to it. J.D. Collin joins us. He's a national coordinator of men's basketball. He's refereed for a long, long time. J.D., what was the toughest call that you had at Cell? You know, it, it, that's a really good question because <clears throat> the the whole concept of selling a call, you know, some some folks would say, ah, you shouldn't do that. Da, da, da. There are just times when the call is the easiest call in the world, and you just simply, you know, blow your whistle and point the direction, and everybody knows it. There are calls that every night you get 50-50 plays, meaning it could go either way. And, um, you know, block charge plays, you, you definitely wind up on out-of-bounds plays that are really, really hard, where it goes off three guys before it gets to the out-of-bounds. Um, those were usually ones where I, I really uh, flowered it up and, and uh, came strong with the call uh, just to just – to, make more believable that I knew what I was doing, even if I was flipping a coin in my head. And then, and then comes a replay. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, and now, and now the replays are slowed down into frame by frame and oh, his left pinky fingernail touched the ball. He got that call wrong. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. So JD moving on to um, kind of the, the meat of what is going on here in the world of officiating and, uh, we talked a little bit about the treatment and trying to improve the the fan behavior. Um, talk a little bit about the recruiting efforts that the NCAA is doing and then other constituents that you are working with on getting more people into this craft. Well, I appreciate the question. I think basketball is is making an effort to try to increase the quantity of, of, of officials and find new officials. I think we really need to continue working hard. Uh, we certainly don't have a shortage at the Division One level. Currently, we don't have a shortage at D2 and D3, uh, but the high school level is is really experiencing a bad shortage. Mm -hmm. And what I've encouraged the coordinators of officials from all levels to do is when they're when they go to a facility in the fall and say they talk to the team, they tell them the new rules. Here's what you got to look. The officials are going to look for. Here's why. All that kind of thing. To take 10 minutes and just talk to those probably 15 players and say, you know what, you're going to come to a point sometime in your life where you're going to realize you're not going to play basketball for a living. And when you do just understand there's a way to stay involved in the game. And quite frankly, I think we've had more success doing that than any other program that we've put out there because it's to some degree, it's, it's uh, like, you know, friend to friend. If I go find someone that I think has the ability to referee and I talk to them about it enough, eventually they might try it. And doing that with teams, I think, is, is something that we can't do enough because these athletes, 
want to be involved in the game. And then you tell them, and oh, by the way, they'll pay you to do this. That's, that's a pretty good, pretty good gig for a, you know, a college kid coming out and he's 23 years old. And what am I going to do with my time? Um, it's a great, it's a great, um, avocation. Yeah. Great avocation to be able to officiate, um, any basketball, quite frankly. You know, it's interesting too. One of the things that we try to talk a lot about at Officially Human is just the amount of money that you can make. I just don't think people realize that you can, if you're a volleyball official, you can go work, you know, 10 matches in a weekend and make a few hundred dollars. Like people yeah. just don't realize that. And, and basketball is a little, you know, it's a little more physical. So I don't think people could work 10 games, but I think that's the other thing that we have to just really start talking to people about is the, the financial impact that it can have on your life <laughs> when, when economic times are bad. You know, funny story. The first five years I refereed, when I took all my expenses and, and applied them against my, that was, you know, we're talking 30 years ago, uh, against what I earned, my accountant would say, why are you doing this? You, you lost money this year. What, why <laughs> right. would you keep doing this? Exactly. Well, the, the finances have changed now and, you know, at, at most levels. And, you know, you, you have a good career at a high school level. You can you could literally put a couple thousand dollars in your pocket in a, in a season just in your spare time. And then, mm-hmm. of course, as you move up the ladder, the, the pay continues to increase. And and uh, there there are certainly times when when well, I call it stupid money, you know, you get paid stupid money to <laughs> to give two hours of adult daycare. That's that's kind of <laughs> the the indesired goal is to be, be in that position. Brenda, you'd be yeah. proud of me. I came out of retirement yesterday and I did four volleyball games uh, and I'm doing five volleyball games this weekend for the homeschool state tournament. That's how desperate they were to get officials. They had me to come out of retirement. But I will tell you, this show helped me with the mindset of a fish, uh, with uh, fans because, you know, we talk about that hostile fan. I had a hostile fan. I made a call. He looked at me. He yelled at me. I turned around and said, do you work at McDonald's or Taco Bell? And he goes, what? <laughs> I said, well, I just want to come and yell at you when you don't turn my hamburger right. I remember Dean telling us that that was his, one of his comments because a lot, and all of a sudden at the end of the game, this guy and I were talking back and forth and we had a civil conversation and he realized that I was just trying to do a job. And I think that's the cool thing. And so this show helped me uh, realize, you know, there is situations that you have to put out fires. Don't you uh, JD uh, oh. right away? If, cause if not, it's going to just blow up. Yeah, absolutely. And our, you know, you both know that our, our fans may or may not be more educated today on, on the rules of the game and all that, but because of social media, they have become experts. And, you know, I, I like to say that sometimes being a fan is, you know, never played the game, never coached the game. And, now you're an expert on how to coach the team and how, how to officiate. Well, that, that's unfortunate. And, and what I would like to say to a fan, if I, if, I could, if I could have a conversation with them, is, you know, we're just trying to do our job. We're trying to do it well. And, and if, if you want to give it a chance, I would love to have you come out here and, and do what we're trying to do because it is, it is extremely hard you know, when you get thrown a block charge play at, at full, full speed, it, 
you know, it's hard, it's hard unless you have enough training to get the plays right. So it's, um, it's a hard, hard thing to, uh, to change that fan base mentality. It's time for the nacho question of the week because the, the, Brenda gets the last question every week, JD. So my okay. nacho, right. qu- my nacho question of the week, you've refereed uh, all these schools and these gymnasiums where, who has the best nachos in the country? You know, I would love to be able to answer that question, but I can't because when we go into a facility, we get there an hour and a half before the game. We go into the locker room. We're talking about plays. We're going through that. We're getting dressed. We're getting ready. Mentally dial in at about 45 minutes. You walk out on the floor with 20 minutes to go. And we really never see uh, and get to experience some of the best food in the country in these arenas. So I don't, I don't even have a way to answer the question. Uh, I, I want to try to experience that. JD, I tell you what, you, next time you come to Indiana, let me know if you're at Hinkle or something. I'll come down and I'll bring you a nacho. <laughs> come on, JD. Love it. Love it. Get Love in it. the game. No wonder. <laughs> no wonder he's, gosh, he's a terrible professional. He doesn't even like nachos. Okay. It's time for the question. The last question of the week. It's brought to you by our good friends at Burtner Electric. Brenda, your question. All right. As we close this episode out, JD, what are your thoughts on how collectively we can start to move the needle on improving fan behavior? Well, I think, you know, kudos to you, Brenda. I, I, I remember a few years ago sitting at a restaurant with you and we were, we were uh, talking about officially human and we were writing stuff down on napkins and, and you're doing a great work to try to educate uh, fans, to try to get officials involved in the game. The more of that kind of thing, uh, the better off we are. I, I, I just think that if, if uh, administrators, uh, coaches, quite frankly, anybody, anybody involved in the game, would approach the fan base from a leadership perspective. Um, you know, if parents or fans are losing their mind and, and you know, if it's one thing to be a, a, a fan in the middle of 500 people and all of a sudden there's words coming out of their mouth that you don't realize they would ever say, mm-hmm. if you remove the other 499, that 87 year old grandmother would never say those words out loud. That's right. And, <laughs> And the bigger issue to me is what are we teaching our children? And, and like it or not, uh, our kids are paying attention to everything we say, but more importantly, they're paying attention to everything that we do. Amen. And when we lose our composure and we act like idiots, it is a green light for kids to do the same thing. And I would love to be able to engage um, in a lot of fan bases to be able to say to them, this is a leadership issue. Let's lead our children to be better. Let's not lead them to be, um, uh, I don't know what word to put in there, Um, biased, I guess, is the word I will will use. That's great. Mm -hmm. That is awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, we wrap up uh, week 20, Brenda. I know we're coming back in about a month and a month and a half or so because there's a lot of things that we are both doing. Uh, Busy time of the year for Indiana SRN. JD, thank you so much for spending your time with us. I know you're a very busy man, but you know, you need to, you know, you need to relax and you need to go get you some nachos. And uh, <laughs> once you get that done, you'll, you'll be okay. All right. Sounds good. Keith, Brenda, thanks for having me on. Thanks, JD. Well, Brenda, I, I will tell you, it's been a long, uh, it not, it, it's been a really short 20 weeks, but thank you so much. And 
Uh, we'll touch base with our fan base, and we'll do this again in a few weeks, folks. Uh, if you would like to get a hold of Brenda, you can do that by contacting her at brenda at officiallyhuman.com. You can email me at coach at indianasrn.org. You can follow us on Facebook, and uh, we'll see you in a few weeks, uh, Brenda. Thank you so much. Uh, take care of yourself and, and enjoy your, your little vacation. All right. Thanks. You too, Keith. And we will be back right after this 30-second timeout. You're listening to Indiana SRN, where you're always in the game. on indianasrn.org? It's easy to do, calling all the play-by-play and colored commentary. High school sports along with youth sport, Mr. Wizard is waiting for your call. Contact him at 317-443-0052. We're ready for every touchdown, basket, and goal. Contact Mr. Wizard, 317-443-0052. You're listening to Indiana SRN, God's Word 24-7, and sports. <laughs> 